Hey there, before we get started, we want to take a moment to thank you for tuning in to the Kuhau Podcast. We hope it encourages you and draws you closer to Jesus as you listen. Let's get excited for this message and let's get ready to hear from God. Matthew chapter 5, verses 14 through 16. It says, and I'm reading from the Passion Translation, your lives light up the world. For how can you hide a city that stands on a hilltop? And who would light a lamp and then hide it in an obscure place? Instead, it is placed where everyone in the house can benefit from its light. So don't hide your light. Let it shine brightly before others so that your commendable works will shine as light upon them and then they will give their praise to your father in heaven uh, Emmanuel if you could uh, put the timer up because I will go over if I don't have it today. <laughs> uh, I promise uh, but while he does that let me pray for this message Lord I just ask that you open our hearts and that we may be shiners of your light after today that we may all step in to community with one another. In your name, I pray. Amen. I want to focus for a little bit on this line that Jesus says. He says, let it shine brightly. And he's, he's talking about, he says, don't hide your light. And I, I love that immediately after telling people that their lives light up the world, the first thing that Jesus deals with is people's proclivity to hide it. He says, don't hide it. Let your light shine. And it, and it makes me think, of course, of that song, this little light of mine, I'm gonna let it shine. You guys are cool. Yeah, yeah. And, and that song has been used throughout the years for a number of different reasons. It, it was a, a song of hope um, at one point in our time. But I want us to hear this song through the lens of Jesus saying, let your light shine for others. And so I've just decided I'm going to go for it. I've been taking some YouTube singing lessons. So I'm going to sing it for you guys right now. Hold on. <clears throat> this, this little light. Can you guys turn me up in the monitors? Can we? <clears throat> this little light of mine. I think I think I need help. You guys, you guys think I need help? Yeah, I got, I got here's some oh, water. Oh. I thought I'd bring you thank, some water you just to, to kind of help. You got me back. Uh, but that was my little fun part. But in all seriousness, now we can be serious because we have someone who can seriously sing. Um, <laughs> where was my applause? Whatever happened to A for effort? No, but I honestly, um, I, I, when I thought of this message, I immediately thought of this song. And I, and I thought, like, what if we really heard this song as a mantra? That Jesus is saying, there are people out there who need your light. Don't hide your light. And what if we heard this song through this lens of no matter what, because of how great a need there is out there. This little light, it may be little, but I'm gonna let it shine. This little light of mine, 
You guys can sing along. I'm gonna let it shine This little light of mine I'm gonna let it shine This little light of mine I'm gonna let it shine Let it shine Let it shine Let it shine Thank you so much, Yvette. Can we give it up for Yvette? The title of um, my message for you guys is Let Your Light Shine. See, over, over the last few weeks, one of the things we've unpacked through and through and through and made thoroughly known is that the Holy Spirit dwells inside of us. And we've unpacked who the Holy Spirit is. We've unpacked that the Holy Spirit makes the life of Jesus alive in us. We've unpacked, what we will unpack today is that we have light. What we unpacked last week is that there is glory inside of us waiting to be unleashed. But in order to really take you to where I want to go, I have to do some more unpacking. So I want to put on my teacher hat today. But like I said, I've been talking a lot throughout this series. And so you guys heard from Yvette, and I'm going to have you, I'm going to have two very special friends of mine, uh, Danny Ray and Stephen, help me read the Bible. And so the significance of light that I think we're missing, I think we will understand if we start where we always need to start which is the beginning. And so, let me see if this is on. <clears throat> this little light up. Oh, so it's not the mic. I thought it was the mic. You don't got auto-tune on this, Eva? Um, <laughs> I hear her laughing at the back. Um, we're going to start in Genesis chapter 1. So, Stephen, why don't you read Genesis chapter 1 for us? They're going to read. I'm going to teach. In the beginning, when God created the universe, the earth was formless and desolate. The raging ocean that covered everything was engulfed in total darkness, and the Spirit of God was moving over the water. Then God commanded, let there be light, and light appeared. God was pleased with what he saw. Then he separated the light from darkness, from the darkness. And so here's the opening stages, the beginning of the Bible. What do we hear? We hear, these are the things that I want you to take hold of as we go through Scripture. We have, it opens with what phrase? in the beginning. And then, and then he's creating through his word. He's creating with his words. And then the first thing that he commands is that there be light. What's weird about this is he doesn't create the sun or the stars until a couple days later. So there's light but no sun. And then it goes on to say that, um, you know, he calls the light day and the darkness night. But what's more important, the three things that I want you guys to hold on to, there's a beginning, in the beginning, creation through word, light being separated from darkness. And that, that's important because when we jump into John, the way the Gospel of John chooses to open the account of Jesus' life is as follows. Danny, if you could take it. John chapter 1. In the beginning, the living expression was already there. 
and the living expression was with God, yet fully God. They were together face to face in the very beginning. And through his creative expression, this living expression made all things, for nothing has existence apart from him. A fountain of life was in him, for his life is light for all humanity. And this light never fails to shine through darkness, light that darkness could not overcome. Light that darkness cannot overcome. John is evoking Genesis into the start of his account. And here's, here's my crazy theory. Here's what I think John is trying to tell his readers. We're about to enter a new creation. Something different is about to happen. And then what he begins to do is tie, because we later find out that the, the living expression that he's talking about, other translations say the word made flesh is Jesus. Wait, so the word that was there in the beginning, that all things are created through. And so what did we see in Genesis? That through God's word, things are being created. But that word is also the light for all humanity. Wait, but one thing, that light is eternally separated from darkness because darkness cannot overcome it. And to drill this further, this is John talking about Jesus, but now here's John quoting Jesus. John chapter 8, verse 12. Then Jesus says, I am the light to the world, and those who embrace me will experience life-giving light, and they will never walk in darkness. So if you, if you needed it to be drilled even further, Jesus himself is telling us, I'm the light that darkness cannot overcome. And when you embrace me, you no longer ever have to walk in darkness. This is Jesus. But I want you to keep in mind our opening verse because we're going to go into a second. We just got to read one more verse because Paul, way after Jesus, in talking to people who have received the Holy Spirit, says this to his believers in Colossians chapter 1, verse 27. Living within you is the Christ who floods you with the expectation of glory. This mystery of Christ embedded within us becomes a heavenly treasure chest of hope filled with the riches of glory for his people, and God wants everyone to know it. Thank you, Danny. Thank you, Stephen. Can we give it up for my scripture readers? Living within you is Christ. Let me, let me say it the way we've been talking about it. Living within you is the word that through all things are created. Living within you is the light of the world that darkness cannot overcome. Living within you is the source of life. And the way that Paul closes this section is to say, God wants everyone to know it. To know what? That embedded within us, the mystery of Christ becomes a heavenly treasure chest for hope, filled with the riches of glory. I'm trying to say it like Marquez, glory. <laughs> that glory is inside of us. It's, if, if there's one thing we know from last week, it's been dying to get out and be unleashed on his people. And what God wants everyone to know is that living within us is this 
is Christ. And Christ is what? He's the light of the world. And now we get to come back to Matthew because we're hearing this, and it's so far up until now what I've shown you is Jesus is the light. Jesus can't be overcome by darkness. Jesus, Jesus. But during his life, before people ever even received the Holy Spirit, before Gentiles even come into the picture, Jesus says to his followers in Matthew chapter 5, your lives, your lives light up the world. And that's it. He says your lives light up the world. And then what he begins to deal with is the fact that, and come on, I'm, I'm a human too, we have a proclivity to hide it. He says, your lives light up the world. The light of the world tells us that our lives light up the world. He says, how can you hide a city that stands on a hilltop? And who would light a lamp and then hide it in an obscure place? Instead, it is placed where everyone can benefit from its light. So don't hide your light. Let it shine brightly before others so that your commendable works, what, is, what does our light do? What, is, what does our light do? When we shine light on others, what does it do? He says, and then they will give their praise to your Father in heaven. That's interesting because it, it seems similar to where Colossians says God wants everyone to know Christ. And when people see our light, they praise God. This little light church, I don't know how little you think your light may be. There's sometimes that I feel like what I have in me is not enough. There's sometimes where I, I tuck it away and I just say it's, it's not good enough. Or you know what, there's, there's someone else there. They'll shine the light. There's times where I just think I'm unqualified, un, unequipped, just what am I doing in over my head? And so I can imagine all of us at times feel this way in so many different areas of our lives. But what God is telling us is you have light. So let it shine. Because here's what's at stake. There are people in darkness. And there's only one kind of light that can't be overcome by darkness. There's only one kind of light that separates things. There's only one kind of light that when people embrace it, it enables them to never have to walk into darkness again. And I don't know about you, Kuhau, but it's, it's just felt like these are some dark times. But Kuhau, Kuhau aims to be a lighthouse in the midst of darkness. Uh, my heart, and I, and I know the heart for this church, is that we will be a lighthouse to all, that we will be a bastion, that we will be a safe haven, that we will be one place where darkness isn't overcoming. Will we always shine brightly? Will we always get it right? No, but there's one thing. We will always point to the life, the living expression, the light of the world. And through that, we will always, always be a lighthouse to those who need it. But here's the truth, church. What, what I love is he says the light, the lamp, is placed in a position where all 
will benefit from its light. And I'm, this, is the, this is the moment where I tell you I'm, I'm going to be honest here. I'm going to be very transparent in this message, and I'm even nervous to preach it. And I'll tell you why after. Here, here's the truth. Kuhau needs more light. We, we need you. We need each of your light. And, and again, if there's one thing we learned last week is that we all have different glory. My light is not your light. My, my calling is not yours. My, what I'm able to do is <laughs> I'm great in these areas, but I'm not so great in these areas. It's just things you can't put me in charge of. <laughs> so we need you. The house needs more light. Why? Because there's people who need to benefit from it. There's, there's people, like, I, I had the privilege of, of um, preaching a message one time. I was just talking with Anthony Viola about it. Because he was an atheist, like I was once, and he gave his life to God in a kuhau service. But I would never have reached Anthony Viola. I don't know him. I didn't know him. And I've, I've had the privilege and the honor of getting to know him, and he's an amazing man. But I, I didn't know him. My light was never going to aim that way. But, but Fran's daughter, Sarah, Sarah Murray, invited him to a service. And it was in that service that he was able to encounter Jesus. And, and what he said about Kuhau is, I've just not encountered any place that has the love of God the way that this church does. Do, do we all agree with that? I believe that. But we need people like Sarah who are, who are pitching in. We need more light. And, and I say this and I share this and this connects to our outpouring series because I truly believe that if you have received an outpouring of the Holy Spirit, you have light inside of you and God wants us to shine that light on others. I truly believe that an integral part of living a spirit-led life is to pour out that spirit for the sake of others. I truly believe that it's shining the light of Jesus to the world and helping expand God's kingdom. I just think fundamentally that a part of shining, uh, living a spirit-led life is to shine our light for others. And, and that looks like a myriad of contexts. There's so many places you can be a gospel spreader. There's so many places you can make a difference. And that's why, honestly, I'm nervous. Because I'm, I'm going to be honest, my, my heart is to tell you, again, this house needs your light. This house needs more dream team members. This house needs more leaders. And I, I truly believe that this house contains future pastors. But, but, but here's why I'm nervous. The, the fact of the matter for, is that for, for a long, long time, churches have emotionally manipulated people and guilted them and condemned them into serving. And, and they've also said, you know, like, you have a purpose. God wants to use you, but he can only use you here. And I, I just don't think that's true. But I think there's a truth in it, which is this. I think God wants to use all people to build his kingdom. I think God wants to use all people to build the church. 
Should the church be the only place that you can ever be used? No. Are there, pe are there people who are only called to the church? No. But I do think that there is a truth that there are people called to the church, that this house, Christ Uncensored, house of worship, needs light. Jesus says a house needs light. He says the lamp is placed where everyone in the house can benefit. And just, just the question that I want to ask is where is your lamp placed? And this is, this is where I get really honest. Here's, here's the structure of our church. And, and I, I can't forget, I can't remember this part. Ro always has a saying, whenever he preaches message, messages like this, he says, this is no MSG. I don't know what the M is. I don't even know if there is an M. But it's no shame, condemnation, guilt. I guess no CSG, whatever. But the point is, none, none of what I'm going to share today should make you feel condemned, shamed, or guilt. This is not a how dare you not be serving. This is not a how dare you serve more. No, no. This is this. I truly believe that we are called to live a spirit-led life. I truly, I, I see some of you, and I'm like, man, that person is going to make a difference in the kingdom of God. And I, sometimes I don't know if it's always going to be, is it Kuhau, is it not Kuhau? Sometimes I'm like, I'm a pastor of Kuhau. I think I'm just biased because I want everybody to, I don't know. But, but my point here is I truly feel that we are called, and so I want to call us. If everything that we've been talking about the Holy Spirit is true, I want to challenge us. So here's the structure of the church. In case you guys don't know, I'm going to pull some, some curtains back. The, the way that our church is organized, and it's the way most, church, most churches are organized, is that there are lead pastors who oversee, pour into, and do life with associate pastors. Those associate, associo, well... <laughs> Uh, so, some of us, you know, uh, uh, associate pastors are called to oversee, lead, and do life with directors. Directors oversee, do life, pour into leaders. Leaders oversee, pour into, do life with our dream team members. Dream team members help our members, right? And we all do life together, but, but that's the structure. And the way that it is now is we have two lead pastors, but our lead pastors, because of, and I just, as I was preparing this message, I just kept thinking of the harvest is plenty, the labors are few. So because we don't have so much, our, our pastors, Ro and Lee, come down to the associate pastor level, and they also play that part. But because we don't really have that many directors, all three of us, Ro, Lee, and myself, are directors as well, along with Jenny. But because we don't have enough leaders, Jenny right now, who is the director of children's ministry, is serving as a dream team member of children's ministry. And quite often, Jenny's not here. Jenny receives on Monday and Tuesday when this podcast goes up. I'm serious. And so directors come down, and in our leadership meetings, there's only two official leaders, Mei Ling and Fran. And Amanda's coming in as a leader soon, so we'll have three. And we have the Marquezes coming in, but they're coming in as pastors, but they're coming in because we don't have enough leaders at the leadership level as well. And so then our leaders, oftentimes, because the harvest is plenty, but the laborers are few, we're often doing, we're dream team members. And so we function as dream team members. Because today, I, I did a head count, we had about 12 mem people here in total volunteering including four leaders, four or five leaders. 
and again, this is why I say, like, this is not a how dare you message. This is a reality message because what we need to function optimally, I'm probably wrong here because I'm bad at math, so it's probably more, is maybe 30 to 35 serving members. We have about 40 active Dream Team members, because, but because life happens, scheduling happens, not everybody can make it. But the more people we have, the more people, the more lights are carrying the load of what it takes to be a lighthouse in Staten Island. And I truly believe, and I know we all agree, that that is important. Because I just, I'm gonna be honest, I don't know if there was no kuha, I do not think I would attend a church in Staten Island. That's no knock to any other churches out there. I just know I'd probably be at Ignite. I'd probably be at all these other churches that we do in relationship with. But I haven't experienced what I experienced at Kuhau. And I just think there's something important happening. I think there's something important happening here. There is light in this house, but we need more light. And I just think there's something about serving. It's this weird paradox that as you help the church grow, and as the church grows, the, the church helps you grow. I've, I've seen it in my own life. As, as I've been a committed Dream Team member, I moved, and I, I felt I grew in my spiritual maturity. But then as I helped, as the church grew me, I started to grow the church more. But then as the church grew more, it, it's this weird symbiotic relationship that as we do our part in building the kingdom, in building the church, the church builds us up. And the people that I've poured into, I've found, I mean, Yvette is texting me this morning, helping me with things that she didn't know I was dealing with in preparation for this message. But I baptized her. And now here she is speaking into my life. And I needed to hear her words. It's just something about as you pour into the church, the church pours back in to you. And, and that said, I, I want to stop talking. I've been talking a lot. And I want to call up a few Dream Team members. And I want you guys to hear from them. Uh, so Lulu, Sherry, Lucas, if you guys could join me up here as they make their way. Can you? They're all nervous. They all did their makeup. Uh, who wants to go first? Where's Sherry? Sherry, where you at? Oh, you coming? You coming? Now you guys gotta clap separately for Sherry because she. Uh, Lulu, let's start with you. you okay. <laughs> can we give it up for Lulu? You can stand here. So, it's really just one question, um, and I, you know, I texted them. I told them this is not a surprise. I would never do that. Imagine. Actually, you. You're, no, I'm kidding. Uh, Lulu, if you could just share in maybe 90 seconds, why is it that you serve? And you can't cry. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> well, first I want to say that I am the Lord's servant before anything. And because of that, I'm able to serve this church, which I feel fulfilled in doing so. I feel a lot of joy and mostly love. Because there's a lot of love here at Kuhau. So I, I it just... Feels great. Are we allowed to hug on camera? Oh, I know. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Lou. Give it up for Lulu. <laughs> Mr. Lucas Kayuch. Why do you, why um, is it 
that you show up, except when you're in Oregon. You're not allowed to do that, by the way. <laughs> Why is it that you show up? Why is it that you serve? Uh, I serve because I believe it's something I've been called to in this season. And like being able to like work with Kuhau and like make an environment that feels like a home like in Kuhau and just like makes a difference in people's lives is something just like amazing. And I love doing it. Thank you, Lucas. Good up for Luke. Last but not least, she's been waiting, guys. She's so been. does that mean I have more time since I'm last? <laughs> <laughs> you could take it. Anyway. Um, yeah, why, okay. why is it that you serve, Sherry? Well, the question is, why shouldn't I? You know, um, what I do, I do for his glory, all for his glory. And um, it's always been a vision of mine, always. I've seen myself literally hosting sitting people down. And they said, people without vision perish, right? I had that vision since my other church I was in. Coming to Kuhau, I'm with you. I don't know if I, what, what church I'd be in. There wasn't a Kuhau because in Staten Island, I was looking. When I stepped into Kuhau, I knew there was something here. I knew I was going to become someone and I knew I was gonna be used for his glory. And um, what I do, I do for him. And I do out of the love I have for each and every one of you, Sia. So. Yeah, one, one thing for sure is we have some amazing Dream Team members. Um, we have light bearers in this house. And, and I, I share that because, right, it, it can sound a certain way. Come, oh, well, Ruben's the pastor. But, but there are people who, uh, Teresha, I'm trying to make, not, not make eye contact with you. But Teresha comes from uh, deep in Brooklyn. So does Marlon. I gotta, once I say Brooklyn, I got to, you know. One day we had a, the bike marathon coming, going on, and she showed up on time took like eight forms of public transportation, didn't tell no one she needed a ride, which next time tell us, we will get you, girl. <laughs> but the heart is because there's light that needs to be shined. And there's people who say yes each and every Sunday, people who say yes throughout the week. And we need more light. And I, I hope that whatever they shared, all that they shared, encourage you. I love that in each of their answers, it was to give God glory. That somehow in their own relationship with God, there's this, it's a part of my worship. It's a part of my praise. It's a part of the grace and the glory that I've received. It's, 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 it's what I do. And, and I want to encourage you guys that, that there is something. <laughs> and, and I think the best thing I can do to, to explain what I'm trying to say is talk about the life of Paul, because he's someone who encountered Jesus when he was persecuting people from, for following him. And then began to see his entire mission about reaching people for Jesus. Um, and we, we can turn to 2 Corinthians worship team. I think, I think you guys could go come up. I'm at my last scriptures. I don't know if I'm done preaching. But <laughs> 2 Corinthians chapter 3, Paul is dealing with something in the church and You'll hear what he deals with as he's talking. He says, are we beginning to sound like those 
who speak highly of themselves. So this is what he's saying. He's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Let, me, let me change this. But in going to change and deal with this issue, I think there's so much insight we hear, we see about Paul. He says, do you really need letters of recommendation to validate our ministry like others do? Do we need your letters of endorsement? Of course not. And here's where it gets good. Because Paul saw his validation, his recognition, his endorsement in life, in, in his, his credentials, in this. He says, your lives are our letters of recommendation. Permanently engraved on our hearts. Recognized and read by everybody. As a result of our ministry, you are living letters written by Christ, not with ink, but by the Spirit of the living God, not carved onto stone tablets, but on the tablets of tender hearts. Paul's joy was in the fact, he's like, I don't, I don't need people's approval. I don't need likes. I don't need, it's not, I'm reaching people. It's your life. It's your life that's a testament to what I'm doing. And like, what if we had that church that, that reaching people with this light of God is the best way to live a spirit-led life? Bringing people to a house where light is shown brightly and they can benefit. His joy was in reaching people so that they could have the same outpouring he had, the same encounter he had, the same Holy Spirit that he had. He says in Colossians that God wants everyone to know the mystery of Christ. And what's cool I just think it's cool. I don't know if it's, it has that many implications. Is that when Paul is on the road to Damascus to persecute Christians, he encounters Jesus. But when he encounters Jesus, what he encounters, and when you read it, it says, he encounters light. And then he spends his entire life saying, no, what, what, what validates me? is that I'm reaching people. And that's what's engraved on my heart. That's what his life was about. He continues in 2 Corinthians. He says, we, he's not even just talking about himself. He's talking about the group that was with him doing this. He says, we carry this confidence in our hearts because of our union with Christ. So it's a direct byproduct of his union with Jesus that causes this confidence. And he says, we don't see ourselves as capable enough to do anything in our own strength. And that's me like on a 24-7 basis. I'm constantly learning my limits, the things that I can't do and the things that it takes to, to even put on a church. Sometimes I joke with Rome, like, should we, just, should we just hit up a denomination, get acquired? Because it's, it's an everyday limit-confronting thing, but Paul says, no, 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 I don't do this because I think I'm capable to do anything. He says, my true competence, our true competence flows from God's empowering presence. He alone, he alone. So if you're ever feeling unqualified, can I tell you what qualifies you? What makes you adequate to do this? What makes you adequate to be a light bearer? What makes you adequate to spread the gospel? What makes you adequate? He says, he alone makes us adequate ministers who are focused on an entirely new covenant. 
our ministry is not based on the letter of the law, but through the power of the Spirit. There it is. You guys were wondering why I was going to mention him. So, wait, wait, wait. You mean to tell me that if I've received an outpouring of the Holy Spirit, that that's where my power to do this and this and this comes from? That's where my, Reuben, why are you so worried about how you preach and why you preach and why are you so worried about the lights? Can I tell you I'm not a lighting guy, but I've learned. Shout out to YouTube. It's taught me how to do lights, tie, shave, all the things a father would teach you. Shout out to YouTube. He says, it's, it's God who makes you adequate. It's God who makes you competent. It's the spirit dwelling in you. The glory within you is what makes you competent and able to do this. It's the spirit that pours out life. And then he continues, he says. Now he's talking about the difference between the law and the new covenant. But again, there's insight here. He says, even the ministry that was characterized by chiseled letters on stone tablets came with a dazzling measure of glory. This is the Mosaic law. He's like, even that had some glory, though it produced death. The Israelites couldn't bear to glaze on the glowing face of Moses because of the radiant splendor shining from his countenance, a glory destined to fade away. Yet how much more radiant is this new and glorious ministry of the Spirit? How much more radiant He's talking about a guy who had his face shining like he had mad bronzer. That, that's what you use for a shiny face, bronzer? Highlight. I don't know. It's good that I don't know that, right? And he says, no, no, no. Our, our glory is more glorious. He says, what once was glorious no longer holds any glory. Because, why? Why does the Mosaic Law no longer hold any glory in church? I think, I think one of the things I wanted to say in the moment we've been all waiting for is because we've complicated the Holy Spirit, we've so, we've had to, people who, who, who like us, have had to spend so, many, so much time, so many years trying to tell people, no, it's not about your works. Like, no, 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 it's about grace. It's about grace. It's about grace. And I often ask myself, what if we didn't have to do that? for the last 2,000 years? What would it look like? Well, Paul, when he's not having to defend the gospel of grace, says, what once was glorious no longer holds any glory. And then he gets to talk about this new covenant. And he says, because of the increasingly greater glory, we possess this church. We possess in the past tense. We're, we're past what Paul is talking about. We're here now, and we've received the Holy Spirit. We've received his glory, and that increasingly greater glory has replaced it. And so often ministers like us, ministers like Pastor Roe and Marquez and Pastor George, we're, we're spending time having to defend the fact that it's been replaced. But man, oh man, if we could just live in the fact that it's replaced, we would be able to live in the fact that this glory is so much more powerful and so much more radiant. And he says, he ends here, he says, the fading ministry came with a portion of glory. But now we embrace the unfading ministry of a permanent, permanent. It's not about what you do. It's not about how good you are because it's a permanent impartation of glory. And in view of this, it's in view of this, that Paul says, so then, 
with this amazing hope living in us, this little light of mine, we step out in freedom and boldness to speak the truth, to serve our community, to be light in the midst of darkness. Kuhal, can I tell you that you possess glory? Not, not just the people in this room, you tuned in. You possess glory, and it's a permanent glory. It's a radiant glory. It's a light that cannot be overcome by darkness. It's a light that is permanently placed in your life, but what we're called to do is shine that light. So church, if I, if I could tell you, like, please, please, if there's one thing, like, please shine your light. I can't reach the people that you're called to reach. I just, I can't. And here's the thing. I have people who need your light, not Ruben's light. I, I, I've, I know I've tried. I've talked to people and talked to people. And then someone I know comes along and then all of a sudden it clicks for that person. And I have people that need your light. And you have people that other people in this room need their light. And it's when we come together and we shine the light of God together. And that people come through those doors, new people, who, people who just need Jesus again. It's, it's a compound effect. It's just, it's just, I just, I've been learning how to cook. Daniel Fast will do that to you. And I just, I've just come to realize that there's nothing you do alone. Like, to learn this recipe, I had to go on Google, which first someone else had to create which first someone had to teach them how to code and all that, right? Then I type in how to cook, blah, 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 which to even type and read, someone had to teach me how to type and read. And then I click and I get a list of recipes, but to, for those recipes to be there, someone had to post that. But for them to post that recipe, someone had to create the vehicle where they could put blogs and lists up. And I'm here like, woo, I'm cooking and I'm feeling so independent. But the fact of the matter is, is every part of it was dependent on people. And can I tell you a truth that I don't think we recognize enough? We are dependent on people. There's no escaping it. My, my biggest pet peeve is when people say, I was born alone, I'll die alone. That's not true. You were delivered by doctors. Your mother carried you. There were a million people in the room. And guess what? When we die alone, there's just as many people there. Like our lives, the way that God has set it up is that we are interdependent and interconnected and we need each other. And church, can I tell you, church does not work if it's just carried by Rowan Lee. They, they could have started the church in, the, in their house. It's going on 10 years that we've actually been in public ministry. July will be our 10th year. But if Rowan Lee were the only people who showed up for 10 years, it would still be Rowan Lee. If Rowan Lee were the only ones shining their light for 10 years, I don't know how Row would preach and Lee would worship and they would both do kids ministry and do lighting and, do, and get this broadcasted online. 
it's because other people have said yes and owned the mission and the calling of Christ Uncensored. It's because other people have been activated by the Spirit. People like Lulu, people like Lucas, people like Sherry have said, yes, this is my mission too. This is my glory too. This is where I get my validation in the lives reached. And it's, it's not my message that reaches people. It's not Rose's message. It's God. Can I tell you some? I've invited friends here, and what they, they came out, I was like, what'd you think? And I invited them to see me preach, you know? And they're like, oh, it was good. You were great. But what stood out to me, and then they start crying, was the love that your church shows me. It wasn't the message. It was someone on the welcome team greeting them. It was someone on the host talking to them on the way. It was someone talking to them after service. That's what permeated their heart. This is not something that we do by ourselves. This is something that we are doing together. And can I tell you one more time, church, this house needs your light. And I'm going to close here with this. I got one more scripture. I thought I was done. This is how Paul ends Colossians 1, 27 through 29. And, and I would love for this to be what's written on our hearts. That when we sing this little light of mine, that it's in view of this and that it's with this perspective, that this is the scripture written on our, our hearts as we serve God. He says, Christ is our message. We preach to awaken hearts and bring every person into the full understanding of truth. It has become my inspiration and passion in ministry to labor, to labor with a tireless intensity, with his power flowing through me to present to every believer the revelation of being his perfect one in Christ Jesus. Can we live like this kuha? Where we can wake up every day and say, Christ is my message. Like if the Holy Spirit dwells in our hearts, can we live with this model that Christ is my message that I, with tireless intensity. This is how important Paul saw reaching people that he says with tireless intensity, with power flowing through us, we preach to awaken hearts. Because Christ is our message. And, and I just really believe that, that the Holy Spirit doesn't just want to pour out on us. I think he wants to pour out on all of Staten Island. And I have people who I know and I'm close to and I know that they're in darkness and what they really need is light. And they're chasing after other things. They're chasing after glow sticks, but that's not light. They're chasing after things that appease them and that things that give them temporary peace, but that's not light. That's not the light they need, at least. What they need is the light that darkness can't overcome. But I can't do that alone. And we can't do that alone. And I know we have family members and friends and people who need to have an encounter with Jesus. And I know you know that because if you're in this room, you've encountered him and you know. But we got to do it together, church. Because this church... This house needs your light. So, so how do we do that? How do we do this? Well, here's, here's some tears. If you're, if you're already serving, you're a dream team member. One, just again, 
I can't thank you enough for what you do. You guys are amazing. Amazing. But I, but I want to encourage you. And, and all of this, guys, through prayer. You know, don't, I'm signing up because Ruben said, no, through prayer. Listen to the Holy Spirit. Let him talk to you. But I, I want to encourage you that we need more leaders. I don't know if you know, our leaders are not the ones that are like power hungry and want to hold on to our positions. We will readily be like, oh, you're, you could handle that? All right, let's do that. Let's get it on. Let's go. First, because we can't even worry about being replaced because we all have multiple hats. So you just replace one hat. <laughs> we need more leaders. And so I want to encourage you, get, get involved in Matrix if that's something that God has placed in your heart. Um, and let a leader know. Say, hey, I'm serving. And I felt moved and I want to one day lead. You know, we have people coming in. Amanda came in, wanted to serve. Said, from serving said, no, I, I want to be more than that. I want to be a part of ushering the vision. And I want to be a culture carrier. Now is being developed to lead. The Marquezes all the way from Jersey said, we want to be a part of what God is doing in Staten Island. We have Yvette as soon as school is over developing to step in to lead to be a culture carrier in this house but there's room for more there's room for more and, and if you're not serving i want to i want to push you i want to challenge you we need more team members there's there's a world out there in darkness that needs your light so what do you what do you do if you want to if you want to get involved well the, the immediate thing that you do is connect with growth track growth track will get you plugged into a team. But again, pray through these things. Say, God, open my heart. And if you're dealing with any tension, talk to God about it. Let him speak to you. Let him deal with it. And, and, and of course, like I feel like, again, I have to put this disclaimer because of churches that have gone before me with messages like these. Life is life. And there's, there's a difference between just simply not being able to. You know? It's my heart, but well, in that moment, just pray that God will open up a way. And in the meantime, hey, there's so many ways that you can be a light in this community. There's so many ways. Just being a part of community group, being in relationship with others is a way to be a light. And wherever you are, you are the light. You are the, the, the child of God that can light someone's day up. So there's so many ways, but I, I want to encourage you. And so if you're serving, I encourage you to do Matrix. If you're in Matrix, talk to a leader. If you're not serving, get plugged into Growth Track. And if you're here, and this is your first time here, you're like, I don't know what to do. Embrace the light. Like, like everything that we do is for you. That, that someone today might encounter Jesus. And here's why. Here's why we do all this because we know what it, what it did for us. And so, so my invitation is, is for you to embrace his light. It, it's nothing comp complicated. You don't got to sign a contract. All you have to do is raise your hand. Um, if you're online, you can say, I want to accept Jesus in my life today. Um, and then I'm going to pray for us. So just, I'm going to count us to three. Can we stand as we ready to worship too? So on the count of three, if you would just raise your hand, if you want to place your faith in God today. And all that really means is that you're just, you're now going to live life with him. So one, 
two, three. We're going to say this prayer together. You just repeat after me. Jesus, I embrace you today. Thank you for your sacrifice. Thank you for your love. And today I am new. In your name, amen. Can we give it up for those who place their faith? One last prayer, and then we're going to really worship. And I want to just pray for anyone who wants to respond to this message, who's, who's there contemplating. Lord, I just... I know that you've called so many more people to be in this house. We got, I know we got conference leaders. There are going to be people leading so many people, God. And I just ask that you would speak directly to them today, that will, they will hear your heart and know what you're calling them to, know where you're calling them, God. Know what their calling is in their lives, Lord. And that if there's any tension, if there's any struggle, Lord, like that you may just speak plainly through it, Lord. And that this may not be a Reuben message, but honestly, that it may be something that activates a, a conversation starter between you and them. And lastly, I pray for those who already know that they want to be a part, but have, have obstacles that get in the way. I, I pray that you remove those barriers, remove those obstacles right there and now and create an opportunity for them to help expand and build your kingdom. Because I know and you know that Staten Island needs this Lord in your name Amen Once again we want to thank you for tuning in subscribe now and stay connected to all of our latest messages and if this message really blessed you pass along the blessing by sharing it with a friend we pray that you will be given the opportunity to apply this message and we hope that you enjoy the rest of your day God bless